everybody. Cheers. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the With Her Two Hands podcast where each week we celebrate the women who build, fix, and make the things that make the world go around with her own two hands. I am your host, Bogey, and tonight we have a phenomenal guest I'm really excited to introduce to you guys. She is a construction welder out of Manitoba. Uh, she's currently pursuing her Red Seal certification uh, and she is super passionate about bringing more folks, particularly young women, into the trades, all the trades. Um, so I know we're very like-minded on that. Been following her for some time now, and I'm really excited to get to know her a little bit. But before we bring her on, I want to say a quick Thank you to all of you who keep coming back week after week to meet these incredible women and hear their stories and are part of this movement to help normalize women in the trades and make it just a regular old thing where one day this isn't needed, where I am not a female mechanic, I am just a mechanic who happens to be female, where our guest tonight is not a female construction welder, she's just a construction welder who happens to be female. That is the goal of this in the end, so you guys are a part of that, so thank you so very much. And of course, course, thank you to our sponsor for tonight's episode, Drive Time. They are a phenomenal country. Country? They're not a country. They're a company. I don't know what's going on. They're a phenomenal company uh, that does a ton of work behind the scenes to help bring more folks into the trades, both male and female. They do a lot to support women in the trades through various things, including supporting this podcast. So we're very grateful for them. Um, and if you're looking for a new, new to you car, they're a used car seller. Um, they are definitely someplace to check out. Uh, they have locations, uh, Drive Time has locations all over the country, but they also do a ton of training within their organization. So if you're looking for a new job or a new place to, to call your home um, and, and explore your opportunities within the trades, they're a great place to do that. I'll have information for them in the description down below. And with that, I'm going to stop blabbing and I'm going to bring on tonight's guest because I'm so excited. I think you guys are going to really like her. So big warm welcome to tonight's guest, Jenna Nowicki. Hello, hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I am fantastic. I am so excited to have you here. This has been a long time coming. Thanks. Yeah, no, I followed you for a long time. You were probably one of the first accounts I followed when I uh, oh my created gosh. my welding account. Oh, I feel so honored. Yay. I've been following you for a while as well on my main page, and you've been on my list of women to reach out to for some time. I love, you've done some really fun videos. I particularly, when I was actually talking to other people about recently, you did like a comparison between men's Carhartt. uniform pants and women's uniform pants. And I was like, oh my God. I was so proud of you for calling all of that out. That was you. Can you tell everybody about that real quick before we dive in? Yeah, I was, um, sorry to call the store. I was in Mark's Work Warehouse. Um, is that an American store too? I don't think so. No, okay, at least not by me. Yeah. Uh, I was in a Mark's work warehouse's work wear store, um, and I had to pick out new Carhartts because I work construction and I had completely worn through my one pair. And they did have a small women's selection. I was very excited about that. But as soon as I touched them, I could feel the difference. Like they were so thin and almost canvassy. And so I walked over to the men's section, and the more I looked at them, like you could tell the men's had these gold rivets on them. The um, the zipper said Carhartt on it. And it was really nice. The women's just said like the XYZ. It was, you know, kind of a duller color. There was none of the rivets. The material was thinner. Like everything about it was just cheaper. And I was like, and the, the price difference, there was no price difference. I think maybe $10 less for the women's. And I was just like, I would wear through this in a week. Like, yeah. you know, like, 
just just the thighs rubbing together would wear through and right. like so I, I yeah i was like what am i paying for here so not only do i have to buy the men's pair i have to then take to get them hemmed because there's no way they're going to fit me and not only get them hemmed but i also have to get the straps shortened because the whole torso right. is too big on me so yeah. they'll hang so low like the crotch is like halfway to my knees so i need to shorten up the straps as well and so i'm paying to get these like adjusted and yeah, yeah so uh, yeah, that was my comparison video. It's so, it's so amazing. I'm so glad you did that and called that out. And I, I feel like it's such a topic that like it gets. And I also want to say yeah. the kids pair, the kids pair was the quality of the men's pair. And I almost bought the kids pair because they would have fit, but they didn't have the hammer loops or the pockets, like the rod pockets. And so I was like, ah, the trade off is there. Then I lose all my pockets, like except for the front pouch. But even the kids' pair was like a better quality, thicker material, and I was like, "Why?" That's fascinating. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what that's about. I mean, it's like, where does this decision making process happen? And is it just like right hand not talking to left hand, or is there really like, is it that like blatant of a? Well, we know kids are rough and tumble. We know men do real work. Girls are just wearing this for fashion. Like, or, is it really I, I like that? Like, well, women in trades, they must be painters, so they want to move around, or they must be um, mm. drywallers only. So they don't need like tough work where they just need to like keep their clothes a little bit clean. And it's like, no, some of us are crawling around on the ground in shops or in, you know, in the work in construction. And like, we need stuff that's going to hold up. Like, yeah. And that fits us right. Like, yeah. Yeah, and if it's anything, offer both options. Cute. Like, right. offer the nice thin option and offer us a good option as well, like the, a yeah. thick option. Totally. And yeah. it's it, it's something that I, I find I can't stress enough to people. Like, it is not just about we we want to we want uniforms that fit because we want to look cute while we're doing our work. That's not what it is. Like, we want mm -hmm. uniforms that fit because it's a safety issue. Yeah, I did have one job in a factory where we had to wear the coveralls, like the full mm -hmm. sleeves and everything. And they were so big on me and I was rolling the pant legs up because they weren't mine, so I couldn't hem them. So I would roll the pant legs up, which just gets sparks in them. So it's a fire hazard. Right. And the sleeves are so big. It's like if you were to operate certain machinery, this is such a hazard having baggy clothing. One of the rules is no baggy clothing. And yeah. then you put me in baggy clothing. I would be safer in my hoodie and jeans. Like, right. you know, what is this cover all doing for me? I'll take the dirty clothing. Like. Yeah. You know, but and then we get made yeah. fun of when we're wearing clothing that isn't necessarily like, you know, when you see women on like videos and they're maybe wearing jeans instead of yeah. work pants and they're getting made like, fun oh, of you don't want to wear the shop clothing. It's like, no, right. it's like, just no. not safe and it just yeah. doesn't fit. Like, yeah. Yeah. I do feel like it's getting better. Like there's more options now than there used to be. Like we're starting to see more companies that are like at least trying right yeah. like the bigger companies yeah. have added the the women's line and they haven't gotten it right yet clearly as you pointed out um yeah. but we have some of those other companies that are like intentionally focusing on on women's yeah. um work clothes which is nice and i have see. looked at some of them like and and i know sometimes the complaint is that they cost a little bit more which is fair yeah. because they are making for a smaller amount of people and i get that yeah um a lot of the time i don't find fire retardant and i know a few of these companies mm. have even said to me like oh we do have fire retardant and i'm like but it's never in stock. Like every time yeah. I check, it's not in stock. And I'm a welder. I need fire retardant. Like definitely. It's just, you know, that's the first thing I check off is fire retardant. And yeah. you know, if that's not it, then it's like, 
it's no good. A freezer jacket is no good for me. I will set it on fire in two minutes, you know? So Right. Yeah. yeah like, no, and similarly, some of the ones I've seen are like, they have rivets all along the pants. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and that's great if you're in construction, if you're in whatever, but I work on cars. I can't, I can't work yeah. on a car with rivets. I'm going to scratch the hell out of the paint job. Yeah. Right. Can't get on a motorcycle if I'm working on a motorcycle with rivets in my pants because I'm gonna scratch yeah. the heck out of them. So they're not practical for me in in yeah. that sense. Um, yeah, and it's unfortunate because it's it is all these different trades, and we're trying to make them kind of yeah. satisfy all of our checklists. But there does need to be more options, and uh, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, it's just yeah. not quite there yet. I or know. another thing is there's a work store right close to me, a workwear store. Um, they're really great. They have everything except for the women's work where they only order in and there's no returns. And so if you order it in and it doesn't fit, that's too bad. It's yours. Right. And so you like, can't so try why, it on. Why would I ever risk that? Like, that's not even like online shopping, even online shopping, you re- can return if it doesn't fit. But right. You know, and we I'm all know buying. women's bodies are like so different from person to person. Like you have to try yeah. it on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not ordering a $120 jacket to make, you know, to find out it doesn't fit. Like, right. So, yeah. And I get it. It's rough. Like you said, we're a smaller percentage, like of, of the people who are buying. So I understand that, but it is a growing percentage. And if it's like at some point, like what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? Like we have to provide the options so that, so that this can happen um, so that we can see more women getting into it. I was, I was talking to with a friend of mine who's uh, in town right now. She's, she works for Tesla. um, Mm -hmm. And so she can't have steel toes, but she has to have composite shoes, Mm -hmm. composite toed um, and can't have metal eyelets and she can't find anything in women's sizes for that. So it's like all these like really interesting challenges that people don't realize we have to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah, shoes are definitely the next hurdle. Like when I did construction outside, there was one winter work boot for women. So that's what I bought because that was it. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> and it comes in size seven to start, which my foot's about a six. So I just, oh, no. my feet just happen to swim in these shoes a lot of the times. And it's like, oh, this gosh. is what you get. You don't get an option. This is the shoe you get. And it's like, right. okay, like, because there's no way they're making a men's size four because that's what they say to you. We'll just get the men's shoe. Okay, so I need a men's size four. Have you even yeah. heard of that before? Like, no, I wound up buying boys' shoes when I was in t- in trade school because they didn't have women's work boots back then because I'm old. Um, and this was way long ago when I was going to trade school. But I had to wear work boots, but they did not make them for women. Mm-hmm. And they didn't make sizes small enough in men. So I wore boys' Timberlands. Oh, yeah? They made children's uh, steel <laughs> toes? Little boys, yeah. Really? No, they, they were not steel-toed, but they looked oh. like they were. So I got away with it, and I didn't get in trouble. Yeah. You're like, of course. There were no options for me. Toe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, there, there's definitely more options. But again, like, you look at the women's wall, and it's like, here's your four shoes. And you're like, cool. And then you turn around to the men's wall, and it's like a wall of shoes. And you're like, know. cool. Like. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's get back to you now that we've gone down that rabbit hole for a little bit. Tell, um, tell everybody, um, where you're from, what you do, who you are, and then we'll dig into like how you got, how you got here. Yeah. Uh, I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba, uh, Canada. Um, yeah, I kind of grew up a little bit outside the city, but I live inside the city now. And, uh, I was doing construction welding, which like I absolutely loved and I would love to get back into that. Um, 
I, I also wonder if I just struck it really lucky with a good job and a, like a perfect crew and I'll never be able to replicate that again. And then <laughs> I am a little scared. The next place will never be as good as that was, but I think that about every job and I think, Oh, the next crew could never be as good as the last crew. And then like <laughs> the next crew, like is just as good. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So that's awesome. I mean, that's yeah. the goal, right? Like for each job yeah. to keep getting better. That's the ideal. <laughs> yeah. I, Honestly, I sometimes I tell people like or will like mention things. I'm like, oh, I used to do that. I used to do that. I've worked so many jobs, like so many different jobs. I worked in opticals. I've been in EMR on the oil fields. I've I've just like I was a nanny. I've done absolutely <laughs> everything. And um, even in welding, like I've been welding for like five years. I've had five different jobs and like everyone's like, that's a lot. And I'm like, every job pays better and it gets better and it's like cooler and more experience. And like, so no, yeah. I, I job hop a lot. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind that. And I feel like there's been some efforts or like shifts in, in public perception on that over the, over the years where that's seen mm -hmm. differently, definitely back in the day, it was like, Oh, you should stay in the same job. Until yeah, you it was retire. like a red flag if your resume had like right. multiple jobs and it was like, ooh, what's wrong with them? And yeah. now it's like, no, I actually like I found better. And so I just moved on or yeah. yeah. Like, I'm great. I'm really grateful for that shift for a lot of reasons. But I think particularly for women, because in the trades, there's a good chance that the first place you land is not going to be friendly to women. Mm hmm or that you might have issues. And so if you feel stuck, like, oh, I have to stay here just because yeah. I'm not supposed to change jobs too frequently. Then... Or they feel like, oh, well, I owe them because they gave me the job, so they must be friendly right. to women. But it's like, but that doesn't mean they're, you know, like that doesn't mean right. they're friendly to you or a good place for women. Yeah, they right. gave you that job, but yeah, it doesn't mean it. Yeah, or they might be intellectually supportive of women in the trades, but don't know how to actually implement that yeah. in, in a real life situation. And so it's nice that we're finally shifting our energy around that. Like, as long as you're not bouncing just to like, just to bounce, you're bouncing. Yeah. You're trying to find like, we're getting fired like, from every job. Right. And like, yeah. <laughs> right. That might be yeah. concerning. But. Yeah. Getting fired from every job. That's not so good. Every six months, yeah. you don't want to be getting fired. But if you're moving to get new experience, learn a new skill set, expand your horizons, make more money, find a better yeah. work environment. I think those are all like super legitimate. So there's, yeah. No, no shade from me on that. And I've a few girls that like are kind of new and they're in their first job in the trade and they're like, I don't know, like I don't really like it and I, I maybe I don't really like the work or the people or whatever it is. And it's like, find something new. Like if that is possible in your area, like I understand if there is nothing in your area and you're like, that's what I've got. But if there is something else, move on. You don't owe them anything. Like you don't owe anybody anything. Like no. Yeah. One one hundred percent, and and even if you do live in a in an area where there aren't a lot of options, like you you may have to move or commute. Like I've yeah. seen that happen, and it's yeah. sometimes you gotta you gotta do that. But there's I think that's what's so awesome about the trades is that there's so many different ways that you can do it, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can be a welder in eight thousand different ways, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So if one isn't a fit try something else. And all my side. jobs have been very different. Like one of them, I was fabricating swimming pools out of shipping containers. One I of saw them, that. That I looks was, cool as all was, get out. It was a very cool job. <laughs> I need, <laughs> that, I that I need to know more about that. We're going to come back to that one. Uh, you got some love in the audience. Oh, <laughs>
yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then the next job, it was fabricating um, agricultural parts. And then the last job in construction, I was actually installing those parts that like from the factory I had once built, we were getting parts in. And I was like, I used to work at this company. And then I was like, oh, my God, I used to build this thing. This is what it oh, is. How cool, cool is that? Like, yeah. And I got to like put it in. And yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's a really cool like full full circle. I like that. And honestly, and that's what I really needed. Like when I was working, building the agricultural equipment and like doing line work, it's, I find it very mind numbing and like get me out of here. Like I don't want to build 200 of one part and then like pass it on and you never really get to see what it becomes. Right. And the people around me loved it. And they were like, no, I come into work every day. I know exactly what I need to build. I know exactly mm -hmm. like where my desk is and where, you know, what's expected of me. And it's like relaxing and like, and it was a lot of kind of older people too. And I was like, okay, like you like that, but like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I thought I hated welding for a while. I was like, maybe I don't want to be a welder, like, and I need to get out. And I ended up getting out. And then a few jobs later, I ended up in construction and I was like, this is what I need. Like every day is different. And it's like, yeah. And I get to see the finished product and I go to go like, I'm the old dad now driving by going, I built that. Look at that. I built that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love that. I miss that because I don't really get that experience with cars. Like with cars I built, like restorations, definitely. It's like, oh, that's my baby. I, I helped make that. Um, yeah. But uh, most of the time I'm just fixing broken cars. And so you don't get that same satisfaction of like, I fixed that person's AC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't the same satisfaction. So I'm kind of envious of you guys for that. But but you get happy uh, customers. That's nice too. Yes. Of people going yes. like, "Oh my god, thank you so much! I needed an AC." Like, yes, especially yeah. in Arizona. I, I live in yes. Phoenix, where it gets to 120 degree. Like, people will sell their first child to fix their air conditioning. Yeah. So, uh, definitely yeah. a nice thing. But um, I love that you say though that point about like you thought you had you thought you hated welding, and I think I think one of the things that I wish more people in the general population knew about the trades is is that once you've learned the skill set how like it can never be taken away from you 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 can only find more and different ways to implement it and make a living from it you have so many different ways you can make a living and and if you don't like the first thing try something else but yeah. like welding is a skill set that you will always have and you will have nine million different options of how you can make a living with that and that's just so yeah. cool yeah that's so cool and and for a short while like before i did get to construction i had a friend that was an electrician and he got me a job kind of apprenticing with another electrician and i was like maybe i can just pivot and try a different trade and maybe like maybe i did get into the wrong one like i don't know yeah and i did try electrical for a while and it wasn't for me and i was like no back to welding i love welding like <laughs> and and then yeah i ended up getting to construction and i was like i just don't like line work like that's just not where it is for me and but yeah. when I can and like because I loved fabrication, too, I loved doing something different every day and like building something new. And like, yeah, I just I just don't like monotony, I guess. Or Yeah, no, that's but, not, that makes sense. It's probably really good and useful for building up that skill set. Right. Like the, yeah. the good time and like learning the precision. Um, yeah. But I'm with you. Like I couldn't sit still that long and do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe in my old age where I'm like, I don't want to climb over everything. Right. Whatever. I do want to sit yeah. down, enjoy my day and build, you know, because I mean, our quota 
I did it would I would do it by lunch and I was like can I go home now like if I did the quota today can I just leave and they're like no you just do more of them and I'm like okay <laughs> like what was the point of the quota it was so easy and honestly people like there was only four other guys in my shop but they would get mad and they're like you need to slow down or they're gonna up the quota on us and I'm like oh, okay like, sorry. I, like yeah but it's like I don't want to just like drag my feet and go slow and check a text <laughs> message and do a little weld and then you know, eat a snack and then do another weld. And you're just like, yeah, oh like this day feels like it's like 15 hours long. Like I could see that but, being incredibly draining. So retirement career, like yeah, slow down yeah. career. Because yeah. <laughs> because let's be honest, the trades is not easy on the body. And like at, a, no. at some point, like you do prefer something that's a little bit slower paced and yeah, chill. So. Yeah. so let's go back in time real quick. How did you get into welding in the first place? What brought you to to this uh i was working at a place called sally beauty that sold hair dye okay. and hair products and i have pink and we have that hair. in the u.s too yeah okay. nice. that one that and, one we uh, have and i i loved it I, like i love hair dye and i just i didn't know what i was doing with my life and i was living with my boyfriend at the time and his roommate and they're both very nice people but i was just like paying my phone bill basically and a little bit towards them like utilities and I was broke and I was like, God, this like sucks so much. And so one girl I worked with, she happened to mention, she was like, well, I did this like trade up your future program. And it was like for a trade, but she had taken a uh, esthetician, I believe. Okay. And uh, then another girl that I worked with, she was like, well, I used to be a welder and like, it was really cool and blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't really like it anymore, but I like, I think you might like it. And I was like, uh, like welding sounds terrifying. And like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't know. And so I, I was looking into this trade up your future thing and they had actually removed esthetician and hairstyling and culinary from the list because they wanted women to pick. Um, it was for women and they wanted okay. you to pick a more kind of, I guess, masculine trade and try to get you into those trades. Masculine, trades. masculine in trade. air quotes. They, so they <laughs> kind of removed some of those, like the girlier ones. They, they were like, you can't pick esthetician or hairstyling or culinary. You have to pick one of these other ones. And there was like probably 30 trades on the list, but I only knew electrician, plumber, welder, carpenter. <laughs> like, I didn't the rest know. Of you're like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah. Like if we didn't learn it in like elementary school, I was like, I don't know what that is. Like, I don't know what HVAC <laughs> tech is. I don't know what a boilermaker is. I don't know what a millwright is. I, right. I don't know what any of these things are, you know? So <laughs> I I was really lucky. My junior high had a really big, nice woods shop that had a welding section to it. Oh wow! Um, and I hated welding. My welding teacher accidentally set my shoe on fire and burnt like my shoe and pant leg. And I was like, I never want to do this again. And I hate this. And like, just <laughs> give me my grade and get me out of here. Um, but for some reason, I looked at this list of things and I was like, welder, sure. And I was like. And I told myself, I was like, you have to like this. Like, you get one chance at this. They are covering this course for you because you're – I was too broke to take anything else in school, like, to go to, like, actual university. So I was like, you know, the government is going to pay for half this course for you. You need to like it. And if you don't, you need to at least like it long enough to, like, pay back anything or to, like, to make some money out of make it. Make some like, money, get, yeah. <laughs> you know, you get one shot here. And, yeah, so I just – it was like – sink or swim you have to do this so yeah just pick and one. fortunately you liked it and got over your fear I, of getting set on fire about a weekend I was like oh I I think I like this I I got okay. really lucky and like 
Yeah. And you know, my stepdad was a mechanic and a truck driver and my okay. dad is an electrician. And it's like, okay. why wouldn't you pick something that they do that they could help you with? Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. Because they're like, we don't know any welders, Jenna. We don't know anybody that can help you or that knows anybody or that could maybe get you a job somewhere. Like, we don't know welders. And I was like, oh, well. So, I mean, I can't say I didn't do it by myself. So Right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Do you, can you, do you know what attracted you to it? I mean, you had this like earlier kind of traumatic experience when you were way younger yeah. and then nobody in the family knows anything. Do you have yeah. a sense of what made you pick that? Maybe it was the girl that I worked with cause she had been a welder and she was a really cool, tough girl. Like she did like bodybuilding and like, she was just really tough and like, but she was also very small and feminine and beautiful. And like, she, she was also a hairstylist and did hair. And so like, she was like both these things at the same time. And I was like, oh, that's like so cool. And so I don't know if it was her talking it up or, I mean, I'm not the greatest with math. Like that's my like struggle. And so electrician to me just said math. And I was like, okay. and same with carpentry, it just like screamed math. And I was like, I don't know. And like, you know, maybe I'm not smart enough for that. But and to be fair, if I had known what a millwright was, I probably would have taken millwright instead. Um, mm. And a lot of the time I talk to women, I ask, like, if you are at all even a little bit good at math, take millwright. Don't take welding. It will open more doors for you. Interesting. So. Explain explain me more about that. Tell me what um, why you say that and why that's a recommendation that you make to people. Um. This is kind of for the Canadians here. Um, okay. Welding is not big in Manitoba. It's okay. probably like the least, I don't want to even say like least respected, but like least almost taken seriously trade. Like there's not even a standard pay for welders once you get your red seal. Every other trade has a standard pay once you get your red seal. Um, there's one for boilermakers. There's one for um, like iron workers, but not like welders. Like there's no welders hmm. in um, there's a pipe fitters union, there's, but there's not for welders in general. So it's not even really recommended you get your red seal in Manitoba because if you put that on your resume, it can scare off employers because they'll be like, oh, they're going to want $30, $40 an hour because they're a red oh. seal. But we're just like, we just do a lot of shop work here and a lot of like agricultural equipment shop work in Manitoba. If you want to make money as a welder, you have to go to Alberta, which is two provinces over. And that's where the big money is. It's on like the pipeline. Um, and and it takes money to go out there. You either need a rig, you need to know somebody. I mean, you can go out and I'm sure you can find a job out there, but like there, there's higher standards. Like you have to be a Red Seal uh, in Winnipeg. You There's not even a level two and three in Winnipeg in our schools. Mm -hmm. You'd have to go to either Brandon or the Paw, which is a minimum two hours away. So I had to just collect my hours and I'm going to have to challenge my red seal because I wasn't able to take my level two and three. So it's just, it's not a big trade here in Manitoba. And so I just, I tell women, if you want to travel, um, be a boilermaker. Um, they're never inside Winnipeg. They're always traveling around. Um, but if you want, yeah, if you want to make money and you're um, decent at math, be a millwright, you'll still get to weld, but you'll get a lot better pay. You'll get to do your levels a lot easier. You'll probably get apprenticed. Like almost nobody gets apprenticed in Manitoba for uh, welding. Um, out of all the people I went to school with, only one got apprenticed, and only one of them has since become a Red Seal. And most of them don't even weld anymore. 
So, wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is, that is fascinating. I didn't know any of this. That's really great advice for people to hear. I, do you ever consider, I have so many questions. Do you ever think <laughs> about like going, going back or switching gears and going into being a millwright or, or any different kind of. Yeah. Niche? I've looked into it. Like my other thing too is um, I do like to pull a lot of like young people into trades and stuff. And I'm part of a lot of organizations like the CWB group, um, Manitoba Women in Construction, where we go and talk to a lot of students. And so I would like to change some of these things and like bring the level two and three to Winnipeg and stuff, because it feels very disingenuous to tell these girls to take these courses and to like join this trade. And then as soon as they join it, you're like, oh, by the way, you can't take your level two and three here. And like, there's no standard pay and like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, then why did you ask me to join this? Why did you tell me to join this? So again, a lot of the time, I'm not even really promoting welding. I'm promoting other trades. And I'm like, oh, like, again, like you should be an electrician. You should be this, you should be that. Like, you know, these are other things that you're really interested in. Like, go take these and, and welding, I'm kind of like, I mean, if you really want to weld, like, yeah, okay, come be a welder. We do need welders. I don't want to tell people not to be welders, but right. again, if you want to travel, if you want to go to Alberta and you're open to moving, 100% be a welder. You will make so much money. Go to Alberta. Yeah. But I'm I'm a homebody and I'm like, I'm too old. <laughs> I don't want to travel. So I'm Oh, like, you're yeah. a baby still. You're not old. <laughs> yeah. So that is so fascinating to me. So are there, do you see any like movement towards them doing more standardization in your area with welding? Or is it is that stagnant? Like the groups that you're involved with, like I, I applaud the idea of saying like, no, this this needs to be different. I want to work mm -hmm. towards changing it. Um is the pendulum shifting or things moving? Uh, I'm hoping I, I don't have my red seal yet. And everybody on the group, uh, like the CWB group has their red seal. So I feel like once I get my red seal, maybe I'll understand things a bit more from their side of the view or something. Um, but I have asked people multiple times at multiple events, multiple different people from different colleges, Red River, um, MITT, these are colleges in our area, like why don't you have two and three? Why can we not have level two and three? Every other trade in your school has all their levels, why are we the only ones? And I get these kind of like roundabout answers and sometimes mm. it's about promoting these other colleges and kind of like making you go out to them. And it's like, but no other trade has to do that. Like you would never make the electricians fly or like drive up to the paw, which is hours away, you mm. know, for, for what, two months of your life? How do you rent an apartment for two months? How do you, right. you know, like, how do you take these courses that are two hours away minimum? Yeah. But it's not like it's a long course. They're kind of like eight week, 10 week courses. So you're like, yeah, it's just, and then I lose out on things. Like when you complete your levels in Canada, you get bonuses. They give you like a thousand dollar bonus. And so it's like, well, because I'm not doing that and I just have to collect my hours, I lose out on those bonuses. And interesting, you know, so yeah. Wow. So there's a lot of layers to this. That's, that's yeah. really fascinating. You've got your, you've got your work cut out for you making, making waves in, in that arena. But I definitely, like I said, I applaud you for, for trying to stick it out and make a difference in that. Cause I think that's really, really important. Um, and I'm not the only one. I've I've met women at events too that have like I have brought this up, and I'm also trying to contact people, and they like give me their card, and they're like like talk to me, and we'll 
you know, try and figure this out. And yeah. yeah. So you mentioned something earlier about um, how people maybe aren't aren't pursuing their red seal because they're afraid it'll scare employers off. What um, what is making you decide to say yes? I do want to pursue my red seal anyway versus falling into that. No, I don't want to scare employers off kind of mindset. Um, the employers that it'll scare off aren't the employers I want. Um, ah, those yes. are. <laughs> Those are the employers. Um, a lot of it is for line work and uh, factory work. And that's not the work I want to do. I want to do the harder work. I want to do the construction work. I want to do the stuff that requires a red seal. Um, I would love to get a pressure ticket at some point. Um, yeah, so those aren't the people I'm interested in. I would also, uh, it would open me up to teaching eventually if I want to kind of retire that way instead and go into teaching. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. love it. I love it. It's a great, phenomenal answer. Like I couldn't have asked for a better answer <laughs> to that. Those aren't the people I care about. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. I love it. Very cool. So, so now your, your next steps to getting the red seal, you've got to collect hours cause you can't do the level two and level three. So how yeah. much further of a process is this that you have left before you get to uh, I actually like I ran into a wall the other day. I was so upset. I I had a little cry. <laughs> I was uh -oh. so upset. I have to get 8,100 hours um, and four four years, six months experience. I'm at 8,500 hours. And so I was like, yeah, I'm way over. I'm 400 hours over. But I'm only at four years and four months experience. I'm at two months oh. short. And so I handed in my paperwork anyways. I'm like, come on, I'm two months short, but I'm 400 <laughs> hours over. Like 400 hours is two months of work, right? Yeah. Uh, no, they don't accept that. So they sent it back and uh, they're oh. like, go, they're like, just work for two more months. And I was like, well, I'm laid off right now. So you're basically telling me to just go get a job for two months and then reapply for my red seal. And they're like, mm. yeah, basically. And I was like, Cool. So oh I was goodness. I was pretty bummed because I was going to use this time that I was laid off from construction to do these red seal tests um, and uh, you know because there's a practical test as well. There's eight practical tests. So okay. to go do these practical tests, do this written test, and kind of use that time laid off, and then get my red seal and just go look for red seal work after something with the city or one of the colleges or yeah. you know. And so I was like really bummed that I have to go back to like lower paying work and the construction just yeah, to get time just to get two yeah. months and and it's not even yeah. an amount of hours i'm like i mean i could call in sick half the days and you don't care as long as i'm there for two months as long as i'm employed for two months like <laughs> that makes any sense and so you might you might not make it employed for two months if you call in every other day just saying no. and honestly and that's it's not me that's so much honestly, one thing they're always like what do you bring to the table i'm like I will never miss a day of work. Like if I miss a day of work, I'm dead. I will never be late. I sit in the parking lot a half hour early every morning. Like oh my goodness. late gives me anxiety. Like you can guarantee I'll be here. And actually after I left my last job, one of the guys was texting me and they're like, oh, this other guy, they're like, Chewy's the first one here every day now. And I was like, Chewy's always five minutes late. And they're like, yeah, and he's the first one here every day now. And I was like, Oh my God, like <laughs> none of the boys are on time. So, oh goodness. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, so why are you why are you laid out? I know people are probably thinking this. Why are you laid off right now? Is it a is it a weather thing? I know it's cold in Canada. Like, there's a little it- bit of weather and a little bit of them moving on uh, to another job in a different province. Um, oh, okay. So we just built an oat mill uh, just kind of on the edge of the city, and okay. it was finishing up. And they knew I was um, kind of itching to get my red seal. And I, again, had thought it was just an hours thing. And so I was like, I'm 400 hours over. And so, like, I could have done this months ago. But I, I really wanted to stick the job up to the end because there is a satisfaction of seeing your finished product. And yeah. so they're like, yeah, no, we're like, we're in our last few days and it's getting cold. And I'm such a baby for the cold. Like, the fact that I did construction outside last year in the winter, I was like, I was so proud of myself. <laughs> like, I'm such a baby in the cold. So it was getting cold again. And I was like, I don't want to be here. And so <laughs> they were like, okay, we'll lay you off. We'll give you the layoff early and you can go okay. and do your tests and study and stuff. And it was kind of right before Christmas. And so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll have Christmas off and it'll be nice. Like, it definitely wasn't a dreaded layoff. I was kind of like, yeah. Okay. So, like, I mean, the pay is definitely a lot less, but it's like, sure. yeah, I get to you know, take a little relax and go do these exams and kind of come out stronger yeah. after this layoff. And so okay. I was a little crushed the other day to find out that it's like, no, you need to go back to work for two months. Um, but thank God for my networking and for being in part of these committees. I messaged my CWB chat and I was like, hey, guys, I need a job for two months. And one of them was like, send me a resume. I'll have you a job. And awesome. like, you know, we should have you going by next week. And I was like, cool. Like, thank you. Awesome. So, yeah. Take take notes, folks. Networking is everything. <laughs> everything. I can't even stress. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So what would be your, your dream job? So once you get your hours in, you get your time in, you get your red seal, you're going back looking for your job. Like what is in your experience thus far? Because it may change two years, five years, 10 years from now. But right now, mm-hmm. like what do you see as like this is this is the thing that I would love to be doing. Um, something kind of probably with construction again, or just custom fabrication. Um, I love the construction in the summer. I can work all day in the plus thirty heat. It does not get too hot for me. I love it. Winter, I'm like, nah. Like, I need to get inside a shop somewhere. I'll put up with line work in the winter, but a custom fab shop where. You know, you can work inside all winter, but you're doing something different every day, whether it's something as small as railings or like, I mean, I'll take anything as long as the job changes here and there. That makes sense. Um, A lot of people do go into teaching here right away. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of like walk a line with that, especially getting into teaching so quickly after getting your red seal. It feels very like those who can't do teach and they're mm. just like, I don't want to do this work anymore. So I'm just going to go teach other people how to do it, how to do it on coupons. And then I never really have to do it again. And like, and, and I love all my teaching friends. If they're seeing this, that do teach, and like, <laughs> I don't, they're going to hate me after this. <laughs> um, like you need good teachers too. And I think they are good totally. teachers. And I understand like the comfiness of a job that's like nine to five and your weekends are off and your summers are off. Like I get the allure, like it, I am eyeing it up myself. It's like, that would be really cool to do that. But at the same time, it's like, but what do I know? Like, especially if I want to go and teach level two and three, it's like, I mean, I've only been working for five years and the construction part probably taught me the most of all the jobs I had. And that was just because, yeah, everything was so different every day. But 
yeah, it's like, so who am I to teach anybody? Like I need to do more first. And so, yeah, yeah I think I would like to do more. I, I hear I hear you on that. And I yes, all the all the accolades to all of the teachers out there, because I think it is definitely its own thing. And just because you're teaching doesn't mean you can't do it, because um, I don't necessarily subscribe to that mindset. But I do think there's something to be said for like, you can offer your students more, the more life experience you have. And like, yeah. I, my my auto shop teacher back when I was in high school, when he went to retire, he reached out to me and he wanted to give me his shop for me to take over as the shop teacher. And I only had two years of experience and I was like, hell no, like I'm not, I'm not qualified for that. And he's like, you're teaching them righty tighty lefty Lucy mm -hmm. and how to change oil. You are like 100% qualified. Like you're teaching them the yeah. basics, you know, all of that. I'm like, yeah, but, and absolutely I could, like you could yeah. teach, you could be an amazing yeah. teacher. I could be an amazing teacher, but like there's that life experience that I think is really valuable to be able to help your students with. And so. especially when you're young and you can do that work where it's like, I like why not save the teaching for when I'm older it's it'll be there it'll be waiting there's lots of high schools lots of colleges that need welding teachers yeah. you know and I feel like it would only add to my resume to like to get my red sale and then to automatically be like okay I'm just gonna go teach now it's like yeah. I, I I would personally like a teacher that had more experience you know so yeah again uh like yeah no slight to anybody that does go right into totally. teaching. I definitely understand the allure and I understand the pay of it and all of that, yeah. like all the benefits. But part of me is like, nah, like while I'm young, I want to go out and I want to do the work and like learn yeah. this stuff. Because there are, I was even working with guys that were close to my age that they had just started when they got out of high school. I started when I was about 25, I got into mm -hmm. welding and the stuff that they know, like so much more than me. And I'm like, wow, like yeah. we're so far ahead of me and we're the same age. But you just, you know, because you've been doing it a lot, you know, like, and I, yeah. I, I was actually talking to a girl just before this um, that messaged me and she's like, oh, good luck on the show tonight and stuff. And I was like, thank you. And she's like, you're so cool. And I looked at her page and I'm like, I mean, girl, you, you're so young and you're doing this. You're cool. Like, I wish <laughs> I would have known this when I was in high school. Like, right. You know, like, I wish <laughs> I would have started this when I was 20. I wasted five to seven years. Like, yeah. Although I would never call it a waste because you wouldn't be who you are today if you didn't yes. have the experiences that you had. But I, I hear you. I had, I had that same feeling when I was younger. I'm like these kids that, like, I went to college before I went into trade school. So these kids I was in trade school with, like, already owned their own homes and already knew all yeah. of this stuff. And I'm like, what? I've been missing out. Like, what is happening? But, yeah. um, but yeah. I, I also think, and maybe I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. I feel like a lot of women, particularly, I'm seeing are going straight into teaching um, because they're having such a hard time finding a good job or yeah. a good work environment. They're like, I love the work, but I hate the work environment. So yeah. I'm just going to go do something where it's a little safer. Yeah. Where it's comfortable. And I know where I'm going to be guaranteed a bathroom and it's yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and a group of them now, it is a bunch of um, women teaching at the one college. And so they do have a really great workforce because it's a bunch of women welders together in this one college. And yeah, so like they've created a really nice work environment for themselves. Yeah. And like, I I would definitely love to join that one day and be like, save a spot for me. <laughs> like, right. You know, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I, I definitely get that too, because there are days that like, yeah, you don't want to just fight with like trying to find a decent bathroom. And it's just like, I just right. want to go to work and like not hear the most out of pocket comments that 
that sound like they're from the deepest, darkest bits of t- like Twitter, you know, like, oh my God, like, like, yeah. <laughs> like, I did not need to hear that. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I hear The lunchroom you. is yeah. so colorful sometimes and it's not the prettiest colors and it's just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Nope. And there's a, it is a fine line between like what's, what's acceptable and what's not, but it, it jumps that line really easily in a lot of places and very quickly. And it goes from like, this is acceptable to like, oh, that was not okay at all. And yeah. <laughs> it gets there real, real fast. Yeah. And you have to walk your line as a woman, because if you call out everything, then you're just a Karen and you're not fun and they don't like you. And they mm-hmm. would rather you just didn't sit with them at all. And, and that doesn't create a good work environment because you rely on those people and you know, like, if you scream, they need to come running. If you're hurt, they can't be like, what does she want now? You know, like, right. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you you have to form a trust with these people. And you do some dangerous things together sometimes. And you need them to kind of be your friends here and there. And to yeah, yeah. to, to rain on their parade every lunch day, you can't do it. And I actually I worked with um, it was mostly a bunch of white guys on our crew, of course, this construction. But there was this one uh, Native man, Indigenous man, Kevin. And they they sometimes would just, it's like they forgot we were sitting there and they would just say crazy things. And Kevin and I would just look at each other and we're just like, you know? And yeah. the one day Kevin and I walked out of the break room and I was like, like, Kevin, how do you handle it? Like, they say some of the stuff about Indigenous people and then they look at you and they're like, oh, sorry, man. Like, oh, forgot you're sitting there, you know? Yeah. And he's like, if I fought people every single day at work, like I wouldn't have a job. Like I just, I can't do that. So you have to just let it roll off your back. And it's like, yeah, like, I guess so. But you know what there, when the, um, Oh, I'm not going to think of their name, but, um, when the beer can, the Bud Light incident happened, was that a big thing in America? The trans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a big thing here too. And uh, the guys at work lost their minds. And the one day I just couldn't take it anymore. And I was like, who cares? Like, what did the scary trans person do to you? Like, what, what are you okay right now? Like, you know, like, what is your guys's issue? And I really went off on them in the break room and they were kind of like, oh shit. Like, like, we made her mad. And they were like, oh my God. And my boss came to me later and he's like, right, like, are you good? Like, I'm sorry. Like, are we all good? And like, are you on HR? And I was like, no, like I'm not, but just like, sometimes I just don't need to hear it, you know, like, and you don't know who's in the room that maybe identifies with these things. And, you know, like, and I did have someone come to me after and they said, I have a trans friend and like, I appreciate what you said. And, and, and maybe it wasn't right of me, but I said, you know, maybe your trans friend would have appreciated you standing up for them just because they're not mm. in the room. It doesn't mean you don't defend those people. And, Again, I understand why some people stay quiet because they have to work with these people. But, you know, it's like sometimes you get tired of being quiet. So you pick and choose your battles, but sometimes I pick mine and I, you know, they know I'm feisty. So there's there's so much we could unpack so much in in this. There's so many like different directions we could go down this rabbit hole. I'm. (laughs) Um, I, I applaud you for standing up. It takes a ton of courage to do. Um, and, and I, I, maybe you're leading by example and some other folks will stand up for, for their friends who are other in whatever way that is. Um, as I think it also you do it. takes knowing you're kind of in a safe space as well. Like I knew I was friends with a lot of those guys. So 
I guess part of me also knew saying what I was going to say as much as it would kind of piss them off. They weren't going to hate me forever. Like we would still work together the next day. Like it would be okay. If I already felt threatened by the crew and that maybe I wasn't in a good position with the crew or that, you know, I wasn't maybe buddies with them. Maybe I wouldn't have said anything because you're like, I'm already on the outside. So for someone that's already feeling marginalized, that could be extra hard for them to say. So, I mean, I really love to get along with my crew platonically. I love to make friends with them. I bring baking in. I'm like their little sister, you know. I love being that. I love hearing about their girlfriends and I love talking them up. And and so I, I, I felt like I was in a decent enough place where like I was good enough buddies with them that I could be like, you know what? This is too far this time, guys. I don't want to hear it. Nobody wants to hear it. Like just, just today. And, and they were like, okay. And we went a very long time without me hearing any kind of weird stuff like that in the break room again. It did come back eventually, but it took a while. Like, so they did receive it. Well, they didn't, they, they didn't like blacklist, you know, and like now we're not friends because you're, you're complaining quote unquote. Yeah, I think even a few of them were maybe a little worried that I didn't like them anymore. And they were kind of like testing the waters again, like interesting and because guys yeah. like they'll, they'll fight That's on a power crew, right there right <laughs> guys will fight on a crew and like they can say some pretty mean things to each other and they're fine the next day they're fine five minutes later they're yeah. like they're good but yeah. they think if you get mad like it's the end they're like oh she right. just hates us now and you're like i'm fine right. like i just I'm, That's awesome. Made me mad in the moment, but like I'm good, you know. Like, well, and there's like so, there's a really powerful lesson in that too. Is like when you pick your battles, when you're not complaining about every little thing, then mm-hmm. it is that much more powerful when you speak up. Um, yeah, because people are listening, and you've you've won, you've earned the the right because they respect yeah. you, um, yeah. and so they're more willing to listen to you than if you came out the gate like complaining about everything. And it's obviously yeah. it's a shame that there is so much to complain about that we have to ignore and just like take off the cuff it shouldn't yeah. be that way but there is power in that like yeah you don't speak up about every little thing but when you do like oh snap yeah. this uh, one matters this one she cares about and it's like yeah like and we should maybe listen yeah. to her there's a yeah. there's a point maybe we that. don't need to talk about this every day in the break room and it's yeah. like yeah because again if those are your views fine those are your views why do i need to hear it in the break room every single day like you know so. Move on, <laughs> right? Yeah. Move yeah. on. Like, anything else? Is there anything else in the news? Like, <laughs> yeah. So we don't have a ton of time left because um, mm-hmm. we've gone down some really fun rabbit holes. I've really enjoyed this conversation. This has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm curious. A big topic of conversation that has come up for me a lot with folks is the a lot of trades people, mostly men, because in the past generations it's been mostly men. Um, are, are saying that they they wouldn't want their kids going into the trades. Um, there is some like absurd number where like people uh, like, in the trades are saying this. Yes, yes. Like yeah. there was a study recently that like I don't know I don't remember if it was sixty or eighty, but it was like a really high percentage of auto mechanics did not want their children going into mm-hmm. becoming an auto mechanic. So I'm curious. You know, you said you have family that was in the trades. How did they mm-hmm. respond? to you um, going into welding and were they upset that you didn't pick their trade? Were they upset that you didn't do something different entirely or how was uh, their response? When I was fresh out of high school, I tried nursing. So that was my go at university. And I got okay. 
about halfway through level one and I was like, this is not what I want. And I, I knew going in, it was not what I wanted. My mom's a nurse and it was her thing. And like, and I think everybody was just like, oh, you're so caring. You'd be so good at it, you know? And like, it, it just didn't work out. So that's when I, I was hopping around. I was doing retail and stuff. And I was like, I need to pick something else. And so really a, a trade was almost picked out of desperation of like, yeah. you have no other routes. Like you can't afford another university go, uh, you know, even other college things are expensive. And I mean, me and my mom are very hard on ourselves when we're like, we're not good at math. We're not good at science. Like we're not smart. And then we like come out as like nurses and welders and we're just like, Okay, maybe we are smart, but like you're yes, we're, you have to we're be very, very hard on ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we just like we feel like we're not good at those things. So I again I even looked at these other trades and I'm like, I'm not smart enough to be an electrician. Mm. I'm not smart enough to be a carpenter. Like, what could I be? You know, like and yeah, so I mean, I don't think any of my parents were like, You didn't pick my trade. I think by the time I picked a trade, they were like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, good, <laughs> try it. Like, sure, why not? But like when I was in high school, like that wasn't even really presented as an, as an option. Like my high school didn't have any trades in it. Um, there was high schools near us that had trades, but it was almost presented as like, that's what the dumb kids do. And that's like, mm. if, if you aren't good at school, you take a trade. Yeah. So, which is so disappointing because like, so again, disappointing. I, it breaks my heart so much to I, hear that. It's I wish I would have started this when I was younger. Like I totally wish I would have gotten into this at a younger age. Yeah. It's like, so yeah, like, I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't mind the rabbit hole you went down. Cause that was, that was fantastic. It was a, you know, how your family reacted, whether they're supportive of you pursuing this, but, um, but yeah. what you brought up is just so freaking important. Like that we still see these as trades for not so smart people which is not true at all. Yeah. And it breaks my heart even to hear you say that you didn't think that you were smart enough for these jobs when like these jobs require smarts. Like you clearly are very smart because you've yeah. been successful and you have to And again, to like be. we teach you again and things that you feel like you didn't know in high school, like you go back and you're like, oh, this actually isn't as hard when I actually kind of care now. And, you know, and I was a mm -hmm. good student in high school. Like I was by no means a dropout or anything, but it, yeah, it was just so much easier the second time. And I was like, this this yeah. is easy. I can do this. Like, I'm sure I could have done carpentry or electrician or, you know, one of yeah. the other ones. But, yeah, it's um, – and, and it's weird to me that tradespeople aren't promoting it to their kids because I feel yeah. like we are kind of getting to a time where certain college degrees people are getting and they're like, it's not getting me anything. It's not getting me right. this job that it promised me. And then what do I have a piece of paper? And it's like, I mean, hell, even if the world ended tomorrow, I still have the skill of welding. Mm -hmm. You can't take that from me. Like, exactly. You know, so yeah. yeah. Like, I, th I think it has to do with certain trades and maybe it harkens back to a little bit of what you were talking about with like welding, not being as like kind of valued as much as some of like the millwright and other, other trades where you're at. Um, so I think certain trades folks within them are saying, don't do this one, maybe go do something else. Mm -hmm. Um, I think and that can definitely be like regional too. Cause again, like yeah. welder in Manitoba, not a great choice. If you're going to live in Manitoba forever, welder in Alberta. Yeah. Great money. Really good Smart decision, you know, so yeah. that could really change depending on where you are. And 
things that like, I mean, that you probably have to think about, like cars are changing. There's a lot more computer yeah. than maybe mechanical parts at some point. And it's like, how much are you now becoming more of a technical person than, a, and I'm sure it's going to have both mechanical and, Always, you know, yeah. but, but you aren't just dealing, and like that is one reason I have a truck from 1996 uh, because <laughs> I don't do computers. I am very bad with computers, and so if that thing breaks down, I need to know parts and like you know, like right. it cannot be a tech issue. <laughs> like, and yeah, that's something I consider even like we've been talking about, or I've been looking at new vehicles, and it's like it's got to be something old because i don't want right like, ones actually scare me more than the old ones like yeah that might that might be part of it too and i think sometimes it's a matter of like you know we talked about earlier like a lot of people wind up in job environments that they weren't happy with maybe it wasn't the best workplace maybe they didn't have the best work culture but they felt like they stayed out of they they had to they shouldn't bounce around from job to job and if you're unhappy in your career for totally unrelated reasons to the career itself then you're probably going to not tell your kids to pursue it because mm. you weren't happy, right? So yeah. I think that might be part of it as well. Um, the beautiful and- thing about the trades is that they they pivot so nicely to each other. So many of them are so close to another one mm. where it's like, if you don't like this, use that skill to maybe go into this. Or, or again, like even some of them, like welding, it's like, okay, well, there's fabrication, there's line welding, there's construction, there's even different types of welding. There's TIG welding, MIG welding, stick welding. Like, you know, if you don't like one thing, maybe it's not like with me, it's like you didn't hate welding. You hated that job. <laughs> like, right. So, yeah. yeah, you just need to change your environment a little. And then. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I love it. OK, we don't have very much time left at all. So I'm going to ask you my my final question that I love to ask folks. Um, and that is. All right, Miss Jenna, you have the opportunity to speak to the younger you. Mm-hmm. What are your words of wisdom to her? Take the trade sooner. I wish I would have taken a trade sooner. Uh, I wish I had been presented as an option to me. Um, I probably would have t- gone to a different high school. Uh, yeah, take the trade sooner and squirrel money away more. Stop, like, Don't take nursing and don't take that loan out. That's what I would say to her. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Very specific advice, but also very applicable to probably a lot of folks watching. Yes. Don't go to university unless you know what you want to do. Don't take it because everyone else is doing it. Don't go take a trade just because it's what everybody else is doing. Take it because you know you want to take it. I love it. I love it. We just flashed your Instagram handle up on the screen um, for those who are listening instead of watching. It is Pink Fire Welds. Um, definitely make sure you go follow this lady and and keep up with what she's doing. I'm sure it's going to continue to unfold and you're going to continue to do fantastic things. Um, you're a rock star. Uh, this has been fantastic getting to know you. Um, so thank you so very much for agreeing to do this. You're, you're amazing. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It has been my pleasure. Folks at home, I hope you guys have enjoyed meeting Jenna as much as I did. Um, If you did, make sure you share this 
uh, video to somebody who needs to see it. She had a lot of great inspiration and words of wisdom. It's a lot of stuff that a lot of people can relate to. So definitely make sure that you pass this on. Make sure you come back next week to meet another incredible tradeswoman. And of course, on Monday, uh, every Monday, we release an archive episode of this series, Past Life as Trades Lady Happy Hour. Um, so we're still working through all of those archive episodes being released. So two times a week, you get a chance to meet another incredible tradeswoman and hear uh, all about her journey and be inspired by her. So make sure you hit like, hit subscribe, share this with your friends, leave comments. The more comments, the more likes, the more subscribes, the more people see these videos, the more people hear these stories, the more we normalize women in the trades and the women who build, fix, and make the things that make the world go around with her own two hands. Thank you guys once again for being part of this journey and this mission to change the world and change how women are perceived in the trades. I appreciate you all. Big thank you again to our sponsor for this episode, Drive Time. Make sure you go check them out and give them some love as well for supporting programs like these. Um, thank you guys. You're all wonderful. Have a fantastic rest of your evening. Until next time, be good to yourselves and be good to one another.